Uh, this is the third week we've been on it. Uh, so if you haven't started, we're going to have three more weeks on it. Uh, no, we are continuing on the service about how our spiritual gifts affect us, that motivational spiritual gift found in, in, um, in, in that cha- verse, that chapter in Romans affects us. Because it really, it changes the way we see the world and what we do and our purpose within the church. And this is, you know, I'm taking this because I, I found uh, comfort in, um, in spiritual gifts through that passage in 1 Corinthians. And, um, and, and it has given us uh, insight into uh, who we are. And what we could do in the church, even though, you know, it's not, it may not be what we've always done or the way we used to do it, right? That's one of our favorite words, right? Well, we used to. And, uh, you know, but God can use your gift, your motivational spiritual gift to, to manifest itself in new ways that aren't just how you used to. And what a blessing that is. And so... If we look at Romans chapter 12, we see that verse in, um, I think it starts in verse 6, where it says, um, you're one in Christ, one unity, but we have different gifts, right? If it's prophecy. Now, some of you are like, I have the gift of prophecy. And what we meant by prophecy was the divine enabled to proclaim God's truth. And power and clarity in a timely manner. That doesn't mean you have the ability to. Not what we're talking about here. Loose wire. There we go. Um, not a fortune teller, but to, to proclaim God's truth in a timely manner to make people's lives better. Prophecy. Some of you are like, I have the gift of prophecy. Some of you are like, that was definitely not me. Some of you are like, well, in the next week we talked about service, which was the, the enable to attack spiritual value to physical tasks for the body of believers. That I can serve someone else so they can use their gift and I can meet physical needs. And some of you are like, that was me. And some of you are like, physical needs, we have those? Because that wasn't your gift. But the next one, it says, you know, we're all according to this different gifts. If it's prophecy, use it according to the portion of one's faith. If it is service, use it to serve. If it is teaching, then prophesy. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says teach. And so today we're going to talk about the motivational gift of teaching, which happens to be one that's dear to my heart. Because it's my motivational gift. It doesn't have to be yours. I can't imagine if we were all like me. The gift of teaching. The gift of teaching. Let's define the gift of teaching. It is the divine enablement to um, understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth. It's the ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented. So let's break that down. First off, it's divine enablement, right? This isn't just your job as teaching. You can have, be a professional teacher and be a very good teacher and not have the gift of teaching. Because this is the divine enablement teaching. We're talking about spiritual, divine, God's truth. Not necessarily how well you are at teaching student math. So it's a divine enablement to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth. This is different than prophecy. Now remember, prophecy was to proclaim God's truth in a timely message. This is to give detailed explanation of biblical truth. They both have biblical truth in them, but one's about 
understanding the biblical truth and teaching how to apply it to life. Another one is about proclaiming it to someone else's life to make their lives better. It's the ability to search out and validate truth. Notice it's all about truth. People with this gift, and maybe you're one with this gift, you might be always asking the question, asking certain questions like, what is truth? What is? Where did you get that? You ever read those, those you know, um, Facebook drives me nuts. You see those, those verses up on Facebook, you know, like, and they're like, and this, and, God, and the Bible says this, and you're like, uh, where did you get that, and what context is it in? Because it's not that context, I can tell you that. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I read a book, and I, they don't put what cont- where they got the verse. It drives me nuts. I'm the guy who goes to the footnotes. And you're like, there's footnotes in books? Yes, they got the little ones or the twos. People with the gift of teaching, I'm going to use myself as an example a lot in this because I have the gift of teaching. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, ask the question, why? Or what? You know, all those, those wonderful questions that people don't ask. Um, in the classical Greek, the word here is to impart information in order to develop talent or potential. It's the motivation and power to present with clarity the truth of God's Word. Now, we have some characteristics about people with, with, with the gift of teaching. Um, some general characteristics are, are people with the gift of teaching have to know the truth before they can teach it. So they're often studying doing the research. And I'm not talking like they read their Bible daily. Eh, we should all be doing that, right? I'm talking down to the minutia. You know? I mean, stuff that you probably think, I don't know if that matters. And it probably doesn't, but that's okay. You know, um, you know the people that like the long charts... And those gifts, those, 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 those genealogies in the, in the scriptures that you flip past, fascinating. Wonderful. Love them. I had the, the wonderful experience where someone asked me, do you think Daniel was a eunuch? And you're like, I don't know if I care. And I got the wonderful experience of doing research on this. And the Bible doesn't tell us with any clarity. So I'm not going to give you what I came to the conclusion of. Because the Bible doesn't tell us. And you're probably like, I don't care anyways. But it's wonderful to do the research. And when you have the gift of teaching, you are very content and... um, Doctrine-oriented. Love to do the research, love to study. These are the kind of people that when someone teaches, they ask, where did you get that? Well, is that true? I'm not sure if I understand what you're saying there. Let me clarify that. Do you know what that word means in the Greek or the Hebrew? I heard it means this. What about, do you, what do you think? Show me the meat. That's teachers, right? Show me the meat. But it isn't just about studying. That's, that's just how we come to know the truth. It's about being able to, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, share the truth. It isn't just about understanding the Bible, but it's about 
telling others about it. That's why the Bible says we come to know through the hearing of the transformation of the mind comes through the hearing of the Scriptures. That's in Romans, by the way. It's about being able to explain it. And that's like I said, you don't have to have a profession of teaching. You don't even have to have a college degree to have this gift. And yes, we all teach at some level in our life. All of these gifts, now if you've noticed that with prophecy, service, teaching, they're all things that we all do sometimes. But that doesn't mean it's your gift. I mean, all of you are teaching someone something, right? You know, whether it's how to do bad because they're watching you do bad or how to do good because they're watching you do good or, or those cuss words that you didn't know anyone else knew you knew. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're all teaching at some level. And just because you teach Sunday school doesn't mean you have the, the gift of teaching. You may teach Sunday school because you have the gift of service and you're serving these kids by helping them meet that need that's in their life and you've got the gift of service and so you're serving. It's a need in the church, so you're serving and by teaching and your gift is not teaching. And just because you can work with adults doesn't mean you can work with kids or vice versa. But this is a spiritual gift of saying, what is God's truth? And then how can I tell the people around me about God's truth? The church is edified through the use of gifts of teaching as people listen to the Word of God and hear it and they know how to apply it to their lives. And God raises up many with the gift of teaching um, and allows them to grow in faith and wisdom. Second Peter 3. Just in case you're a teacher out there and wondering where I got that. But there are some dangers. All of these gifts have dangers, right? Some of you are like, we had, there's dangers with the gift of teaching. Danger. You can focus too much on details and content to the exclusion of application. Does Daniel being a eunuch affect your life in the least? Not at all. I found it fascinating, but it didn't affect my life at all. Another danger is being inattentive to the response of the students. Let me explain what that means. Um, when you're teaching, you can be given all this great information out there, and it's fascinating, you're into it, and you're wonderful, but your student in the back is falling asleep, and you're like, well, that's his problem, not mine. <laughs> um, because they're the ones that respond to it. My life, teaching is not all, was, see, prophecy was about making your life better, proclaiming God's truth to make your life better. How can I help, right? That was the primary question. So people of prophecy do teach, but teachers proclaim God's truth, whether you're listening or not. The goal is not to better your life. The goal is to teach, and God will better you through that teaching. Another danger is being puffed up in your own knowledge. Teachers that do all the research can sometimes fall into the trap of saying, well, I know this, why should I listen to you? But as I discuss about teachers... I think it's also important that we mention false teachers as well. These are people that become convinced that they're teaching God's Word when it's not what God's Word says. 
Sometimes it's because they themselves have not studied enough to know the truth. And sometimes it's because they've been led astray by what the Bible calls a false spirit, a lying spirit, maybe even an antichrist. There's much, many antichrists in the scriptures. We talked about this on Tuesday nights. Antichrist, an anti-Jesus that's why it's important you study to show yourself approved. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Test the spirits, 1 John 4. What's 1 John 4 says? There's a slide I put up there. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into this world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, John, when he writes this, he is dealing specifically with the group of people, the Gnostics. And that's why he's talking about if they're from God or not God, because they didn't believe Jesus was, they believed Jesus was not from, from God. So he was dealing with, but we can, we can take from this that we need to evaluate the spirits and see if it's from the scriptures. Does this align with what our scriptures tell us? Because false spirits will lead you astray from Jesus Christ being First Thessalonians 5, uh, verse 20. Do not despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Here, let's see that another word? Test. Test, test, test. As the pastor, I've seen a lot of people come into our church and they want to teach. And some of them is because they have the gift of teaching, and they want to share God's truth. These are the good ones. Some of them, they come into the church and they want to teach because they've got this information that's bubbling out of them and they're not doing what they need to do in their own lives. They don't have the gift of teaching. They, they, they want to, they, they're not discipling. They don't have anyone else to share this wonderful. Because if you're in the scriptures and you find it wonderful, you're in love with Jesus, you want to tell someone. And if you don't have any, someone in your life to tell, you're going to want to share it with someone. And what's the best way to do that? Well, let's get in front of a classroom. We're getting the pulpit. But that's not what the scriptures tells us to do. We're supposed to be discipling people, and if we have that desire, we're going to be discipling someone, and the, the, the world might call it mentoring. We call it discipleship. Discipleship, we're going to be discipling someone. We're going to be sharing what we're learning as we do life together, and therefore we're not going to feel a need to get up there in front of someone because we're already telling them. So I see a lot of people, they want to, share, they want to, they want to teach because they just don't have anyone in their life that they can tell. But then there's those other ones. And these are the ones that you really got to watch out for. They want to teach because it's a position of authority. It's a position of power. It's where you can make a name for yourself. If you're trying to get into the teaching position because you want people to know who you are, you don't have any position you don't need to be teaching at all. And we see this in the church. I've seen it in this church. People come in here wanting to teach. We, we turn them away. But also out in the wider church, we see this. And the call of that desire to have your name known is so strong, especially in a world where Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and, and uh, you know, can make your name known. For sharing what started out as good things, and then it became about something else. That draw, that desire can be so strong, and we have to watch that because they become false spirits. Because you know what? If you're sharing God's word, you're going to say some things that people don't like. And if the world thinks you're doing everything right, 
then you're probably not sharing all of God's word. But at the same time, if you're sharing God's world, you're not going to be known for just hating people because there are people out there that they just known for how many people they hate, right? They're anti-abortion, they're anti-homosexuals, uh, they're anti-what uh, else can we do? Anti-Presbyterians, uh, they're anti-you uh, know, you, you, whatever you want to call it, right? They're anti, and they're known because they're anti-something. You know, Jesus wasn't known for being anti-anything. He was known for being pro a life to its fullest. Which meant he loved and yes, he corrected. So, how does teaching manifest itself? Teaching manifests itself in different ways. Um, can evangelize itself as evangelist or pastor teacher. Prophet, helping, even administration, though, that's probably not where it manifests itself in my life. Tongues. These are things that you can manifest. Teaching manifests itself throughout the church, and that looks differently in different ways, from training people how to run the sound system, teaching kids at Sunday school, Or just taking someone by the side and saying, let's do life together and have a small little Bible. I remember the first, one of the first times I taught someone how to pray is because they didn't know how to pray. And so they came to me seeing that I, I guess led by the Holy Spirit, that I had the gift of teaching and said, teach me how to pray. And so you know how we, I taught him? I turned to the scriptures and said, this is how you pray. No, I said, let's go pray. And someone's gift of teaching, that's how you can teach. Let's go pray. As we talked about the gift of teaching, though, this should, this, if you have this gift, it should scare you. Let me tell you why. James chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Not many should become teachers. My brothers, because you know that you will receive a stricter judgment. So those people that want authority, want position, want power, they're not taking this seriously. You'll receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is, uh, he is mature, able to control the whole body. Be careful, desiring to teach. Now, if you have the gift of teaching, you're not going to be able to stop yourself. But those of you who without the gift of teaching, be careful. Even if you have the gift, be careful because you're held to a stricter judgment because if you're teaching, what are you doing? You're teaching which means you're going to either lead someone astray or right. So you receive a stricter judgment because you can lead someone astray. If they go astray because of your teachings, then their blood is what the Bible will say, on your hands. What a challenge. Is this you? As we go through this study, you're saying, you might be saying, this is me. I'm a teacher. I have the gift of teaching. I know that I have this desire to share the God's truth that I've discovered over the years of study. And, and I'm asking those questions so I can tell someone else. And that might be you. Praise God. It can manifest itself in the life of the church. We need Sunday school teachers. We need the small group teachers. You might need to start a small group in your neighborhood because some people just won't come to church, but they'll come to your house. You say, that's not me. I don't have that gift. I, 
I don't care anything about most things in the scriptures. Um, I know Jesus saved me, and that's good enough for me. You don't have the gift of teaching if that's where you're ended. Um, and that's okay. Maybe you were prophecy, and you're like, I want to make people's lives better. Maybe it was service, and, and, and people with service, I love them. They're the people that makes this church run, right? They do things because they have the gift of service. Well, lots of opportunities to, to volunteer, and they're the ones that first step up and say, I'll do it. I'm already doing way too much, but I'll do it. All right, so prophecy, service, teaching. What's next? Those of you memorized the verse already. Encouragement. Some of your Bibles might say exhortation. That's next week. All right, so this week, is this your gift? How can it manifest in the church? Maybe it's already been one of Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Keep reading through the scriptures. Keep asking that question. Praying God reveals your gift to you and how it needs to manifest in the local body and maybe to the world. All right. We're going to go to a word of prayer. Our praise team is going to lead us in a time of invitation. Um, This is a time where we invite you to make those next steps. Maybe there's something in your life that's keeping you from doing the the will of God. There's something that's keeping you, a sin, a lifestyle choice, a um, (laughs) the inability to just just you know you just like I don't care. Um, You need to say, well, I need to change my attitude, change my sin, change my lifestyle. This is a time where we say, well, I need to get right with that. Maybe you say, well, this week, you know, someone came to me and I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I need to make that public so that the people know that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of his name. Now's the time to do that. Say, I want to be baptized, which was what Jesus did first. We want to follow him in believer's baptism. So, well, I need to do that. Maybe I just need to join the local church, you know. So I've been part of the, the bigger body for a long time, but I'm not part of a local church on a mission well, you got that passage memorized yet? All right. Um, safe haven. If you're going to safe haven, now's the time to head out. That means you. <laughs> um, what a blessing children are. They drive us nuts but they're a wonderful blessing. Um, okay. Well, today we are continuing on the, the lesson from um, Romans chapter 12 where we talk about the spiritual gifts. Remember, we're talking about your primary motivational gift. That gift that drives you and lead you to the person you're going to be in Christ, but also that allows you to minister and to, to be part of the ministry and working in Christ in all the different ways you can be part of the ministry. It's a wonderful blessing to know where your primary motivational gift is because then it can manifest itself in all the different ways. More than just what we used to, right? That's what we like to say, right? Well, I used to. But this is how we can now as well because it's not just then, it's now. Your gift is ever growing and ever manifesting itself in the life today. And so knowing your motivational gift can help you to know more than just what I used to do. What I can do today. And so, looking, and I, I'm getting that motivational gift from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about being of the same, uh, you are of different gifts, but the same spirit, and different ministries. So, out of Romans chapter 12, where it uses that word gift, we looked at prophecy already, you know, what is prophecy? 
prophecy is that divine enablement to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely manner. So proclaiming God's truth, timely manner, today. Remember the main focus on that was, how can I, how can I make it better? How can I make things better? And then we talked about service, right? Because it was service, prophesy with according to your one's face. If it's serve, then serve. How do we serve? Service it was the, the enablement to attach spiritual value to physical needs, right? To serve the physical body. So then the next one is if we prophesy, use according to the portion of one's faith. If it is service, then serve. If it is teaching, then prophesy. No, that's not what it says, is it? If it's teaching, then Teach. And that's what we're talking about today, the gift of teaching. And this one is dear to my heart because it's my primary spiritual gift. The gift of teaching. Uh, let's go for a definition of that. How, what do we mean by teaching? It's the divine enablement to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth. It's the ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented. Mm. Let's, let's break that down, right? Always break it down. Divine enabled. That means it's from God. All of these are from God. It doesn't mean, hey, you're good at teaching math. You may be a wonderful math teacher and not have the spiritual gift of teaching. We're not talking about the profession here. You could be a wonderful teacher in your possession and not have the spiritual gift of teaching. You may have the gift of teaching, but you don't have to. This is not the profession. We're not talking about the profession. You could teach Sunday school. Be a wonderful Sunday school teacher and not have the gift of teaching because you teach out of what? Maybe service or prophecy. You preach out of a different, you're teaching out of a different gift in Sunday school. Teaching, divine enablement to understand and give explanation of biblical truth. Related to prophecy because it's, they're both dealing in biblical truth, but they're not the same. Biblical truth, prophecy, remember, was about how can I make things better? Where are God's, what's God's word truth say? And how do we get our lives to match up with God's truth? That's what it is. How can I make your life to its fullest, right? How can we get your life to its fullest? Prophecy. Teaching, however, is about explaining the biblical truth. Validate truth as it has been presented. Is this true? That means people with the gift of prophecy, you may be thinking, do I have the gift of prophecy? If you're asking questions all the time like, is that true? you might have the gift of teaching. People with the gift of teaching often ask things like, where would you get that? I'm going to use personal experience here. Facebook drives me nuts. There's lots of reasons it drives me nuts. But one of the things that I go crazy about is all those memes. And memes, those, 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 those piffy sayings and stuff like that. And they give like, this is the verse, and it's, and, but they don't tell you where you come from, what the contact is, and probably didn't even get it right in the first place. It drives me nuts. If you're going to use a verse, tell me where you got it and what version you got it from. The translation of your, your memory is not good enough for me. It drives me nuts. Where did you get it from? And people with the gift of teaching are often asking that. Where did that come from? Where did you get that from? Why? What? How? All those wonderful questions. Because we want to know what truth is. And some of you in this room, you're like, ooh, that sounds like me. And some of you are like, I don't care. Because you're not a teacher. You know, people that, that, that you know, the classical Greek word here for teaching is to impart information to develop talent or potential. 
it's motivation and empower to, to deal with God's word clearly so that people are motivated by it and taught by it. People with the gift of, of teaching, in order to know the truth and teach the truth, you have to research the truth. So that means people with the gift of teaching often love to do research, studying. I'm not just talking about, hey, I read my Bible every day. That's not what I'm talking about. Studying. I love research. Down to the minutiae. You know, things that you're, like, what's important to me is, like, you may be like, I just don't see if that actually matters at all. And you're probably right. But it's, 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 it's fantastic to study. Like, the wonderful question that I, one, of the, one people asked me was, uh, and I got to do some research in, I, I, it was a wonderful journey. Was Daniel a eunuch? And you're like, I don't think I care if he was a eunuch or not. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us, so does it affect my life at all? No, it doesn't. But it was a wonderful study into the people and the situation around Daniel's lifestyles and times. And people with the gift of, of teaching love to go into these kind of questions because they're searching for the truth. When you have the gift of teaching, you're very content, very doctrine-oriented. You know, when someone teaches, if you have the gift of teaching, when I'm up here preaching, you're like, where did you get that? Do I need to, where can I look that up? Is that true? Can I verify what you've said? What's that word mean? You know, I mean, I thought, I've heard it meant this, but you used it this way. What is? What's the passage, verse, and context of that passage? But it isn't just about study. If it was, it'd be called the gift of study, right? It's the gift of teaching, which means it's about departing that truth to others. Teaching is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible and then tell people about that. To help people understand it. And it can be developed and people can learn, but it is not about getting a college degree. Some people with the gift of teaching have college degrees because they love to study. Some people with the gift of teaching don't have college degrees because they couldn't afford it. Didn't have the opportunity. It's not about college degree. It's about studying and doing the work for yourself and in the gift of the Holy Spirit to depart that information. And the church is edified through the gift of teaching as people listen to the Word of God and hear what it means and their own lives grow and they're changed and God raises up people in the faith to grow the wisdom and the knowledge of the church so that our lives are better and edified and our understanding of the Scriptures are better and edified. 2 Peter 3.18, just in case you're wondering. Um, But there's dangers with it. Well, there was dangers in all these gifts, right? We've talked about some of the dangers so far, haven't we? All these gifts had some dangers to them, didn't they? We had dangers such as if you prophesy, you might get caught up in, in, in being too hard and too, too rough with people, not, not caring about their you know, service. You may lose track of, of the, the spiritual needs and just focus in on the, 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 the um the physical needs. Well, teaching has its own dangers too, uh, such as you can get con- tied up in too much in content and not enough in application. Or you can get puffed up in your own knowledge. Knowledge brings knowledge can the can bring pride. Another. 
danger is being inattentive to the response of the student. Let me, let me explain what that means. Sometimes someone who's teaching, pouring out all this wonderful information, and they're falling asleep on you, and they're like, well, I don't care. That's their problem, not mine. Because we can get caught up in the minutia and the details and the study and the, the truth and lose sight of the person. As we're talking about teaching, however, I feel it's important that we mention false teachers. Because there are false teachers. The Bible calls it false teachers false prophets, even anti-Christ, right? We talked about that on Tuesday nights, the, what uh, anti-Christ is. And there are teachers out there that some of them are very convincing. But they're using things that's not of the Scriptures. And so it's so important that we ourselves... Study, and I know even if you don't have the gift of teaching, you can study and show yourself approved. That's what 2 Timothy 2.15 says, right? Test the spirits. 1 John 4 says, let's bring up 1 John 4. Dear friends, <coughs> excuse me, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how you know a, a spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ come of the flesh is of God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, John, when he's writing this, he's writing to a very specific group of people. He's writing to people that are dealing with a group called the Gnostics. Who believe that Jesus only came in spirit and never in flesh. And so that's why it talks about it. if he says that he came from in the Jesus came in the flesh and in spirit, then it's of God. So he's dealing with a very specific group of people. But we can take from this that we need to test the spirit. If it is of our scriptures, if it is of God, if it is from, then it will match up with him. If it's not, then it doesn't match up with him. God will never do is tell you something outside of his nature. You know, like the, I hate that question. You know, um, can God build a, a boulder so big that he can't lift it? What a silly question. Because to build a boulder outside of his, that he can't lift is outside of his nature. He, that's just not something that he can do. That's like, can God lie? It's outside of his nature. It will line up as a 1 Thessalonians 5.20. Uh, says, do not despise pros, uh, prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. And I see a lot of people who want to teach. As a pastor, I've seen a lot of people come to me and say, I want to I teach. I want to tell people. Sometimes it's up here in the pulpit and sometimes it's in one of the classrooms. I want and we have to be careful of them because some of the guys are, they have the gift of teaching. You're wonderful. You're great. You got things you want to say. Some of you have the gift of service. You know the Bible. You're... But we know there's other people. There's other people. Now, some people want to teach, even though they don't need to be teachers. They're not. They're not gift of teachers. They want to teach. Because they've, they've fallen in love with the scriptures. And if you fall in love with Jesus, you want to tell people about it. So you fall in love, you've got this information going on inside you, you want to tell someone. That doesn't mean you need to be teaching in the classroom. That means you need to be discipling in your own home. Discipling in your neighborhood. Because teaching is more than just about being in the classroom about discipleship some people want to teach just because they they have the stuff boiling up and they don't have anyone in their own life to share it with so they think the easiest way to do it is, is do it in the classroom that's not how that works 
But there are other people. And they're the real dangerous ones. They're the ones that want to teach because it'll put them in a position of authority or power over someone else. If you want to teach because you want someone to know your name, you're in it for the wrong reason. And we have to watch ourselves because some great teachers have fallen into the trap where they wanted someone to know their name. They were from God at the beginning, and then the lore, the low, the, that, 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 that temptation attacked them. And it's all so much more common now that you have YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and all these other things that make it so much easier for people to know who you are. So we have people say, well, I want to be known. I want authority. I want power. Because, and they, they, they don't ever say, well, I want to join this because... Of, but that's where their, their heart is at. They want the authority. And I was pastor. We've had several people come to me and they want to teach. And when you break it down, it's not because they want to teach. It's because they want to be recognized as a leader. They want authority. They're feeling bad about themselves. It's about themselves. And they're feeling bad about themselves, so they start to lead, try to lead other people. But as we say that, we've got to remind you what James 3 says. Not many of you should be teachers. Why? My brothers, because you know that you will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. For anyone who does not stumble and says that he is, he is mature, able to control his whole body. Be careful before you teach. Now, we're all teachers in some way. Every one of you are teachers in some way, you know, whether it's because you're teaching someone to do right, because you're living your life right and someone's watching you, or you're living not so right and someone's watching you, or you're teaching someone new cuss words because they're listening. You know, we all teach in some ways. But the Bible tells us, James tells us a warning. Do not get caught up and, and say that I want to be a teacher if you're not going to teach. Because you've got to take it seriously. Because you're teaching. And as you're teaching the truth, you have that responsibility. You can lead someone astray. And the Bible puts it this way. Their blood... If you lead someone astray, their blood is on your hands. Just as if you had murdered them. So take care. And people that want to get in this for the wrong reasons aren't taking that verse seriously. Let's ask that question. How then is teaching manifested? How then is teaching manifest? Well, these all manifest themselves in different ways, right? We've seen someone with the gift, gift of serving can teach. But someone with the gift of teaching doesn't have to be a teacher. It can manifest itself in something like evangelism. Because you're telling the truth of Jesus Christ. Or it can be someone with the gift of administration, uh, the, the, it can manifest itself in administration as you're teaching or leadership or prophecy. It can manifest itself in different ways. You may not feel, if you've got the gift of teaching, you may say, well, I don't know if I want to teach at Sunday school, but you know what you, you're needed? Is that small group in your neighborhood. Because some people will never come to the church building but they'll come to your home. The gift of teaching manifests itself in ways that can be as simple as 
Well, I remember the first time I taught someone how to pray. They came to me, led by the Holy Spirit, said, teach me to pray. And the first thing, the first thing I did was take them to the Bible. No, I didn't, actually. I didn't take them at all to the Bible. You know what I did? I said, let's go pray. And so we prayed together. And then we read the scriptures on prayer. And then we prayed together. And then we prayed together. And then we prayed together. And that's discipleship, is doing life together. And teaching, many of you are, if you have the gift of teaching, you've been called to something that is fantastic and great and amazing because you are seeking to bestow the truth of God and His Word to those around you. And yes, we need people in the church to step up and say, okay, well, I'm going to be a Sunday school teacher. I want to be a, a, a Bible study leader. But we also need people in, in the congregation to say, well, you know what? I'm going to go teach it at my house. I'm going to teach it in the neighborhood. Because they're, they're there too. i tell you what we don't need is more people on TikTok arguing the truth in 30 seconds or less. I'll tell you why. You cannot get to the truth in 30 seconds. It just doesn't work that way. Now, some of you are like saying, you know what? Gift of teaching, that's me. I love to study. I love to tell people about what I've learned. I love to, to show them who, who, who God is and the truth of God. And some of you are like... Oh, that is definitely not me. <laughs> I'm lucky that I'm, you know, I have no desire to do the research. I have no desire to, and that's okay too. Because you might have had the gift of prophecy, asking people, how can we get your life better? You may have the gift of service and said, how can I help? You might have the gift of, what's next week? Encouragement. Hey, we got one that was paying attention. <laughs> Encouragement. Some of your Bibles might say exaltation. Ex exhorting. That means encouragement. Um, we're going to go to a time of invitation. I'm going to pray. And we're going to invite.